Hi, this is Christina Nice, and welcome to the Christina Nice podcast. This is episode 13 in the podcast. What's interesting about um, this podcast, 13 is one of my favorite numbers, and I am going to be talking about the character development of the deer. But in this podcast, I discuss loss and grief and some of the complexities that are around grief. This podcast aims to set the tone for the launch of my children's book series. I'm going to discuss some hard-hitting topics like loss of a parent to addiction, loss of a sibling, grief from loss of a parent, abandonment, trauma, but I'm also going to discuss healing trauma, hope, and restoration, empathy, and overcoming. Children are the focus of the books and the baseline, but the heartbeat of the Christina Nice podcast is to start the conversation on some hard topics. So let's start that conversation now. So I just want to open up and say that I have been working on the character of the deer. She comes in in the series for the older children from age 7 to 11. The thing about the deer, the deer has constantly been a love in my life, has been a very special thing for me. When I was a young girl, I would watch the deer cross our lawn in Linfield, Massachusetts, where I grew up, and then in North Reading, Massachusetts, where my family had a small farm, and then my parents moved back when I was in my late 20s to North Reading, right down the street from our home in Linfield. And there was always 14, 15, 20 deers cutting across. And I remember we took a video of some of the deer and it was aired, I think, on a local news channel because we had so much activity. And so the deer has always been a very special symbol to me. And I remember when I got separated from my husband and the day that we, the day that I filed um, the papers, I went to Ikea the next day and it was a hard, a really hard season. We were in the throes of COVID. I knew my son at the time was gonna start remote first grade. And I went to Ikea to get a table and some chairs, a little workstation for him. And there was these art canvases staring at me with two deers. One was looking directly on and the other was a side profile. And they were in my favorite colors, some of them muted grays and turquoises and beige and I felt like I was supposed to get those and put them in my home specifically in my master bedroom just to remember the significance of the deer to me every time that I've seen a deer or a deer has crossed my path I've always taken that as a yes as a nod and so typically deers are seen as innocents Sometimes, culturally, they're seen as light, the presence of light, the presence of God, the presence of spirit. Other times, they're seen as a symbol of innocence and beauty. 
but even Native Americans still hold the deer as sacred and their art. You see it in Christianity, um, the Psalmist David talks a lot about the deer and the deer is mentioned a lot in the Old Testament and some of the early writings. Deer is in some cultures considered a spirit guide or um, on the totem. But for me, when I am starting to work on this character of the deer and the story and where they present, it's after a healing or in the throes of a hard healing situation, a reminder of the light, a reminder of truth. And so I do want to touch on a topic. I did, um, I think a year and a half ago, put a post up um, and I've shared in close relationships when I talk to some of my clients or some of my friends about the light and the dark. And you can say what you want to say, but there is always an opposition sometimes to a healing. You could argue sometimes it's an internal conflict or a trauma response or a habit that's formed or a way you were grown up or maybe you're genetically more bent towards handling things this way or maybe it's a learned behavior all you've ever learned or maybe sometimes it's an outside source trying to trip you up trying to stop your growth and I remember as a young girl my mom would call this opposition a dream killer or a dream snatcher or something a hope killer something to stop you from moving towards the light moving towards what spirit is trying to show you moving towards your highest and best and what's best for you and I have seen this time and time again I have seen this in family dynamics when you're working towards things you're healing things are going well and then all of a sudden there's this eruption of pain or these behaviors or sometimes their habits or attitudes or resentments that come up and you go back it's not like you're going back into the dark but sometimes it does go dark and so in this process of writing up the character of the deer I do have to say healing trauma is an ugly road it's not easy a lot of therapists some energy workers will use a version of cognitive behavioral therapy where you isolate the trauma you give it a name and that's what they did with me and I am going to get very raw in about 30 seconds about my own journey and it's hard sometimes for me when I openly share but it's also such a gift when I get the text messages, the phone calls, the emails, the direct messages on Instagram or Facebook, or even people responding on reviews on my podcast. There's a lot of listeners and it's hard to be vulnerable and it's hard to share your story 
but it's harder to know that there's light living inside of me the light comes into the places that were healed and i have to share that light i have to share and that's why this podcast episode 13 13 is one of my favorite numbers about the deer my favorite animal i asked my husband yesterday what his favorite animal was and he said lobster and i said what's your favorite food he said lobster and he said what's your favorite animal i said the deer and he asked me what my favorite food was and that was hard for me cuz i like all sorts of food um but anyway you're not here to hear what my favorite food is but my favorite animal is the deer and so the significance of the woodland characters you have the coyote who's the overseer you have the wolf pack that brings in this family element you have the fox you have the bear who's very significant to me but the deer she presents and there's a male deer as well they present in the throes of the healing to remind of the light to remind of god to remind of spirit to remind of innocence to take you back to this place because inside of all of us when we were born we were born into innocence and it's so funny because birth is very traumatic if you talk to any doulas or moms or people that deliver that's not like the easiest thing to do it's a traumatic you come into the world through your mother's pain and some really good doulas will tell you that it's the pain that brings the baby forth okay so there is pain in this life and so we would be foolish it would be foolish if i went around and said there's no pain there's grief there's loss you have a one in one chance of dying just like you have a one in one chance of being born so death is a part of the story now i'm not trying to become like a death advocate even though i think we need to talk about death more i think we need to face the reality that there's a one in one chance that we're going to die and i think we need to when people have parents or siblings or friends die i think we need to start really addressing that there is pain and that death is pain and that death is hard but also when you came here it was your mother's pain that brought you forward and so we can talk about birthing babies in another episode but so the pain when the character is in the throes of the pain and then when the character's healed the deer is presenting at those times the deer is a reminder of light a reminder of hope a reminder of innocence and that innocence that we had when we were born we were born in the innocence everything that we learned was presented to us whether it's in our environment in the way that we were parented in the circumstances that we were under growing up our childhoods really do affect a lot but you can heal from that you can heal from childhood trauma and the importance of the deer to show these children that there is light 
there is still light. There is still truth that's there for you. And so back to some, I'm a Reiki master. And so when I work with some of my clients, I do touch on a little bit of cognitive behavioral therapy in some of my sessions where I have people isolate the trauma. And so my therapist, who I love, who I recommend to everyone, my neighbors, people at Market Basket, wherever I am, if this topic comes up, I give her information out. But a lot of people that work in trauma know about this. You isolate it. You name it. You visualize it. What does it look like? What does it feel like? Who is it? Is it more than one person? And so my trauma, unfortunately, here we are, I'm gonna say this, is a male with multiple heads. Um, It almost looks like, this is what I visualized it as, it almost looks like one of those Greek gods with multiple heads or an octopus with multiple heads. And my therapist asked me to name it and I called it Monster. And it was the embodiment of some of the trauma, some of the emotional, some of the physical, some of the abuse that I've endured. And it was multiple heads. It wasn't just this one person. And I had to yell at that thing when I would, when the trauma would come up for a couple weeks. And I would say, leave me alone, monster. I know you're here, monster. I'm not gonna respond to you, monster. And now some of you just went, wow, she's really sharing that. I am, I am, because this was a huge part of me healing my trauma. And then the second trauma that I have, and and this is probably gonna resonate uh, maybe a little bit more, was a female. And it was a female, and she, the name of this monster is called Two-Faced. And what would happen on this monster is it was on the two-face. It was a female face that would change faces. So I had to name that one. And the significance of the two-face, it ties into the abandonment. And then it ties into the fear of rejection. And it ties into the people-pleasing. Because people-pleasing is a trauma response. Also over communicating is and so this two-faced monster was faces of people male and female but it presented you know originally as a female and I'm sure that the significance of that is because I lost my mom and I have some abandonment around a mom figure And I'm always sort of looking for like a mom or a Nana figure. And that's something I wake up in the morning that that doesn't really go away. I'm I'm wondering if there's gonna be like a Nana figure for my kids that was like my mom or a mom figure for me as I navigate a tricky marriage 
repair effort or questions, normal stuff. How did you balance all of these things, mom? You know, so anyway, the two-faced, it changes. Because if there's one thing that someone with trauma doesn't like is if you present yourself as one thing and you're not really that, you're actually two-faced. There's another side of you. Because trauma resides in the memory of the body. So even though I'm not living in terror or living in that space of trauma, my body still remembers that. And there's certain things that happen and I react in my body and I just have to have a lot of compassion and empathy. Yes, I've narrowed it down to two monsters. One is two-faced and one is just monster because that mofo is just a monster, okay? And so I had to yell at two-faced and monster and tell them to go away and that I wasn't going to give in to them, that I saw them, I knew they wanted to trip me up in a response, in a reaction, because people with trauma unresolved or working on or fully resolved, which I'm not sure how fully resolved you can get with trauma. I think you can slow the reactions. I think that you can isolate the monsters. and But your body on a cellular level remembers the trauma. So for example, sometimes you might be walking and like there's a certain smell or the way the rain's dropping or you're on a certain street or the smell of the snow like you take that sip of coffee and you remember something and you can't really put a name to it but something strikes you sometimes you get a chill sometimes you're feeling agitated you don't know why like these things are your body usually remembering trauma and i remember in a conversation with someone that had a lot of trauma and she shares very openly about this and she doesn't live in the u.s so i can talk about this you probably don't know her if you know me you probably don't know her she told me that sometimes just taking a sip of a certain drink would remind her of her dad the way that his breath would smell when he was beating her and she can't drink that drink anymore and so things like that like your body the audio the visual the ears nose throat some of these things these sensory these places where we take in sensory input your body remembers and so the deer comes to remind the child of the light There have been so many times in my life, I remember driving home on Chestnut Street in Linfield where I lived, and after um, a very traumatic event that I had, I remember stopping the car, one house from my house that I grew up on. I grew up in such a loving, kind environment. It was so full of grace and love and I always knew they had my back and I have this really strong home centering in me that my family gives me it's like this 
sense of home on such a deep level that I can feel it in my body. And it doesn't matter if we're in Alaska or if we're in Linfield or if we're in Charleston, South Carolina, wherever we are, when I get around them, I can feel this centering of home. And I know how fortunate I am to have that in my siblings and in my dad, this centering of home. Even when I talk to them, they bring me back to this home base that was centering for me. Was it perfect? No, it's not perfect. Growing up, things are not perfect, but this place of home, I have this centering. And when my mom died, a piece of that grounding, centering, I, I wanted to find that because she was such a, a grounding space for me, such a coming home. And I remember her telling me, I used to ask her, what do you think a soulmate feels like? What do you think the right person feels like? And she used to say, it feels like coming home. And so I think that was very much like a special thing between us. And so when I married my husband, he had that, I felt like coming home. And when we broke up, it was another like trigger for me of abandonment because that centering of that coming home was gone, which I know that I chose that and, you know, asked for that. And, but that centering of home probably left long before the actual breakup, if I'm being fully transparent. So when, when I saw that deer, it was like that nod, yes. Like you still, there still is the light. You know, move towards that. And so when the deer presents itself and my story is very significant, it's almost like when you're reading, you know that the deer is presenting because the healing is almost fully in effect. It's almost in its fullness and its completion, bringing the child back to the innocence, back to that place of the light, overshadowing the darkness. And so what, for me, I've been very inspired by the deers that I've seen in my life, but also this print from Ikea and you're all thinking, oh, how original, Christina. You know, are you in Fight Club, you know, with the Ikea print? But there was something so special about that day that I, that I purchased those deers. And I was doing the podcast during that time. And I have always had a special place for the deer. And it was like a nod, yes. Like, there's still the light. And so bringing the deer into the writing for me has probably been one of the more joyful sides of this because the deer says that you can heal your trauma. You can heal from a great loss of a primary. A primary is a sibling or a parent to a young child, even a young adult. At any age, losing a primary, losing a child, it is 
gut-wrenching and it's very hard to recover you always miss them and the grief does stay at times it can be a little lighter but it's more that you learn how to live with this hole in your heart it's like you adjust and you learn how to live without the person it's not like the missing or the grief goes away it's just you learn how to cope it's almost a coping you learn how to cope without their presence and so really the deer symbolizes a fullness coming back a healing a completion I am going to I mean there's a lot more I could say about the deer but I am going to end on this note there is always the light that's going to overshadow and overpower the darkness there is always that opportunity on your journey and on your path to step towards the light it doesn't matter what you did yesterday or even this morning or last night or even 5 minutes ago you can always step towards the light you can always bring back to your true self to that place of innocence that place of kindness that place that is deeply seen and valued and loved and it doesn't matter what the outside circumstances or the inside circumstances or even the inner turmoil that you're in you can always walk towards healing your heart you can always walk towards getting better you can always say no and say yes to the light and that's what the deer symbolizes she's almost like a completion a bringing back to a healing specifically in my series it's around abandonment and trauma from the loss thank you so much for listening to my podcast episode 13 and checking out this special episode on the deer i'm so glad you are here i would love your support by subscribing to my podcast or following me on Instagram at Christina Nice underscore. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. I can't wait to be with you next week. Take very good care of yourselves.